This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, uh, it's Joe here. And me, Kristen. Um, so I just wanted to uh, apologize. Like the first 20 minutes of our show somehow got erased. Here's what you need to know. Our guest is the one and only Neil Walls, the creator of Future Rock Legends. The reason for the season. We, we are recording our recap of the induction ceremony. Uh, we came to New York. It's fun. It's exciting. And you pretty much just missed that we talked about how Stevie Nicks kicked the show off with Stand Back. Waddy Wachtel's on guitar. Uh, Don Henley surprise comes out for Leather and Lace. She is wearing gloves that are both leather and lace. Uh, Joe and I were very uh, smug in our certainty that the surprise guest that was coming out to join her for Leather and Lace would, would be, Harry, be Styles, Harry Styles. But it was not. Uh, and then Harry Styles comes out for Stop Dragging My I Heart Around. Uh, and then they do Edge of Seventeen, and then Harry gives a speech, and then he, like, is kind of, it feels like he's implying that he has or wants to fuck uh, Stevie. Yeah, and we I actually think... didn't talk about that the first time, but you're getting some more. No. We, oh, yeah, we did. We, so <laughs> when we pick back, you truly, this is uh, the deterioration of what was once a sharp mind, and to watch it really, it saddens me, <laughs> and I worry. The only thing, the only, uh, <laughs> the only silver lining is I know this will be a document that doctors will be able to study. Stop it, <laughs> Joe! This is an intro to because you lost twenty minutes of a podcast. Don't try to come at me. Anyway, when when we jump back in, I think we're talking about <laughs> Harry Styles uh, mentioning that he wanted to fuck Stephen Nicks. Okay, I'm sorry. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Uh, I don't remember that, but yeah, th- there was something about like uh, yeah, some some reference to like a great songwriter, a great uh, woman, a great lover. I don't know. I don't know a ton about um, Harry Styles, but he does have a very like he's got that Gavin Rossdale vibe going right now. I think it's Dirty? just the way that his hair is and <laughs> Greasy, being all yeah. British and you know. Mm-hmm. That's- so I had read online, and I didn't pick up on this, and I don't know if it's true. I don't know if anyone caught this, but Ooh, allegedly... Uh, the vibes? What's happening? <laughs> allegedly, Stevie Nicks said that uh, Harry Styles uh, was from NSYNC, but I... <laughs> Wait, what? I, I think either someone's kidding uh, or... Yeah, joke, I think somebody has Joking to around uh, or starting a rumor. Wait, somebody joking that. around on the Twitter, did you say? Yeah, apparently there people aren't using Twitter to just recap the induction <laughs> ceremony. They're doing all sorts of other things on this strange app. Uh, yeah, Harry's Harry's speech was it was fine, uh, right? 
Yeah, let's move on to the the part that was the most interesting, which was which Stevie our having, girls, we Stevie. Could, so where we were sitting, we could see the prompter, and in this case, lack of prompter for Stevie. She was just kind of going off the cuff for a bit. Holding a piece of paper that she kept threatening to reference <laughs> and then not <laughs> referencing it. Yeah. Just holding it and saying, I have in my, you know, I didn't want to write a speech. I was really freaking out. Uh, I didn't have uh, the last two weeks. I haven't been able to sleep. I've been just so anxious about writing this speech, but I still didn't write one. <laughs> and then someone wrote this thing on this paper for me. I can't read it, but I've read glasses. it because I don't have my glasses. I've read it so many times, though. I can say it by heart. Instead, I will talk about something else for a while. I'll go back and say that now I'm really going to get to what's on the paper. And then I'm getting the wrap it up signal. Yeah, I mean, San Jose State. Uh, so yeah, she mentioned that she she was like, I can I can speak. Uh, you know, I, I have a communications. Uh, I was a communications speech, major, speech major for five years at San Jose State. And then also at the end of her speech, she, she kind like, of be a keynote. She speaker. plugs herself for like book me yeah, <laughs> for your graduations like, or whatever. She's like TED Talks if you're out there. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Right. Because I mean, her, her speech was. I thought, like I said, it was kind of the the way that she was this whole time. She had everybody in the palm of her hand, but also she was rambling, kind of like Grandpa Simpson. She she seemed to be enjoying herself, though. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. think she really enjoyed the moment and and um, you know reveling in 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 all of this. So, yeah, I think that's true. And, I, and, and people loved that she was having that moment. And you know, if there's something that we know about Stevie Nicks, she just was like such a. She just likes to. T- to tell stories she kept being like i could tell you a bunch of stories but it's really hard for me to talk about my feelings the way that it feels for me to be inducted she's like but and then instead she told a bunch of stories she sure did yeah the story about making belladonna and like moving into uh yeah jimmy Iovine's house and how he was keeping her a secret from tom petty (laughs) And she was like, it was Mm -hmm. fine. I stayed in the basement. I stayed out of the way. I cooked. I cleaned. I practiced my harmonies. Uh, Oh, yeah. She really went off on a thing where she wanted wanted her solo career to be Tom Petty meets Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And that she had these these backup singers who she does does she say them by name at all <laughs> i don't think so boy maybe she, she might say their first names but like she's like me and the girls <laughs> yeah it seemed like it was a trio you know? yes like, I, like it wasn't yes. gonna be a solo career like it was gonna be a trio like she she referenced crosby stills and nash a lot like and she, she was gonna be the stephen stills of this yes yeah mm-hmm. she yeah that was unclear <laughs> kind of what she, i am what she so meant. confused by a lot of that and then and that she wanted to be Tom Petty, and then she got to be Tom Petty as she described She did it. a little solo play about waking up with her dog on her chest and her assistant waking her up. Like, and the, then, night, like the night the before night before, And the she, she woke up, and I looked at, into my Chinese Crested's eyes, and then it looked back at me, and she's just performing a little solo play about what it was like to wake up that morning. I mean... <laughs> yeah, uh, we're in... A leather and a lace glove. It was beautiful. Which would not be the last gloves we saw. No way. Also, Uh, at the end of it, too, she said she just kind of like inserted. She's like, the hall really needs to induct more women. Then she goes on. She did not say No, I'm sorry, girls. (laughs) And then she 
she goes on to list a bunch of men and then say, oh, and thank you so much to this woman. I, you know, or no, the girl, she literally yeah. says, and she's like, because and I have a hard time taking, tr- I, like, yeah, I don't like to hear, I don't like to hear stuff from anybody. You know, I don't trust anybody's opinion, but especially my own, especially girls, especially girls. That was like one of the last things that she said. It, it was so, she talked about like, I'm the first uh, woman that's in twice. And I, she's, I'm the she, first girl, girl that's in twice. See, said, we, at, we have a hard time like adjusting <laughs> yeah. to her uh fucking vernacular but uh and she was talking about uh telling the the girls of Haim to yeah. like Hi, you guys gotta you guys gotta break off and you gotta do your own solo thing so then you, you can get in twice or whatever yeah also i don't see i mean i don't i mean i know who from Haim would have the solo career and yeah. she will have solo career and that will happen but like that i guess but Haim uh, we're in a place right now where there's no way that there are that like rock bands are ever going to achieve the the level of mega fame. And we'll talk about that when we talk about our next. Yeah, when, next when we talk about Radiohead, yeah. uh, which start off with a long package, which I, I, was the signal to yeah. everyone. I thought that like they're not performing. There's not going to be any performance. They're going to let this uh, this package, which was great, play out a little bit longer than the normal ones. It was great. If I mean that. The band is so important to me. It like is so formative, and it's like when all these '90s bands get in, I'm su- I'm suddenly like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling like, so oh, nostalgic. Yes. Wait a second, it's almost like the music um, of your it's own. It's almost life. like the music of my youth is yeah. what I'm connecting to. What I resonate to. with. Right, package package was solid. Yeah, they. I mean, with these packages, they always do a good job of pulling these old interviews where the band is speaking about their career, yeah. and they, they sort of edit it all together to make it seem like they're sort of narrating their own story yes. even with an uncooperative band like radiohead you know they somehow they find these perfect things to put together to with the images and it seems I didn't to work pretty also well realize how much uh tom york used to look like kurt cobain they did like, focus a lot on to, wow it was wild with like the loose like striped shirt, yes, like blonde and like hair. bleach blonde hair, like in his eyes, and he's it like was, shredding on guitar, yeah, yeah. It, and keeping it all low. I mean, it was very, yeah. very Nirvana looking. Mm-hmm. The early footage of Radiohead, yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, we had David Byrne, a fidgety, right? He could not stand still. <laughs> he really was My like dude. Gosh. It was almost like he was like looking for the prompter the entire time or something yes. like to stage left, stage right, and then back and forth. I, I mean, he did. I, I was like, is he on something? <laughs> like, what is but happening? I think that's, I, but that I is think that's very, just his vibe. But yeah, that's kind of a David Byrne thing. It's just yeah. kind of be like a weird antsy man. Yeah. Uh, solid speech. Good speech. I mean, was, I was really enjoyed good... that he called out that they're named after a song that he's like of all the songs you could name a band after, like Radio. Why that one? Yeah, he's like it's like just a Tex-Mex ditty that we wrote. Right. <laughs> it's not a particularly iconic yeah. or interesting uh, song from their catalog, and but, not even from their best. But could you like... imagine if like Radiohead was named Naive Melody? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it'd be a different world. Yeah, it would be a different world. Uh, it talks about, you know, had, had some great, I think, points to make about like Radiohead, not only as artists, but as innovators in terms of the industry and the way they released music and the way they uh, handled the business side, which was an interesting perspective, I think. Yeah. In speaking to the, you know, the industry people in the audience almost directly uh-huh. and saying, you know, you know, 
yeah, they started giving away their music within rainbows and, you know, maybe costing you guys some money or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and he um, also was like, you guys fucked up. You thought that, uh, what was it? Um, that Capitol okay Records. Computer, Capitol Records specifically yeah. said right. it was career suicide to release OK C Computer, uh, and, which is very funny. Yeah. And I felt like, too, watching the package, and I, I've said this before, but, like, I cannot believe that Radiohead is so popular. <laughs> like, the music that they make For such is a, yeah, weird. Yeah, can be challenging. Yeah. And, yeah, and freely expressing themselves artistically uh, without compromise. They don't care. And just then the, there's all this footage of them playing to just like thousands and thousands. Just, yeah. Queen level, you mm -hmm. know, crowds like live aid <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah. Throngs. You yeah. It, it was crazy that they connected with people like mm -hmm. that. That's just a what did someone say that? Paranoid Android. That was in one of the yeah. speeches that was, Paranoid that Android is the Bohemian Burns, yeah. Rhapsody of our generation. Yeah, it was an interesting, <laughs> which uh, is comparison. a wild comparison. And then he said, I, I, "I can't wait to see the movie." Oh yeah, right. Uh, he's like, who, "Who who will play Tom York?" And then just kind of fluttered then, off. Then he just fluttered off. He turned into. <laughs> we thought maybe David Byrne's appearance would get. Uh, more members of Radiohead at the ceremony, but it was really just uh, the drummer Phil Selway and the second guitarist. The Ed two guys in the package who got the least, least amount, amount of screen of time, screen time. <laughs> mm -hmm. and also who like when people were describing them, they yeah they like really were pretty flip about those guys' roles roles in the band. Mm -hmm. They were like genius, genius, genius. The only drummer we knew. <laughs> like, it's yeah. literally in the, they were yeah. like it's the only drummer we knew uh but um i mean we were also a lot of people were expecting colin greenwood to be there because he had been on record before that he uh thought the idea of getting inducted was cool and like he would definitely go <laughs> and then he was not there uh it was just phil and ed phil uh got like a little choked up when he was talking about the fact that david byrne was inducting them uh, which was nice. And then Ed O'Brien had the line of the night, I think, for the Radiohead induction. Yeah, and also just for Joe's personal vindication, edification as a human. <laughs> well, yeah, just him saying it's a big fucking deal. That that he, you could tell from the way he was talking about it and that the being there, having come in with some skepticism, that it is a big deal and it is meaningful and it matters and it almost felt a little bit like an apology. Yeah. Well, he said, and I wish the other guys could be here because I think being in this room, they would feel how actually important this is. And I was like, wow, just speaking right, to, <laughs> right to Quazala. The thesis, the thesis of like, this whole podcast. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I think they did an interview with Rolling Stone right before the ceremony and they reiterated that, you know, that they sort of, after it happened, they kind of realized how big of a deal it turned out to be where people were texting them, congratulations and all this stuff. And they started to get into it a little bit more. And I think they do. They mentioned that the other three guys had other prior commitments, which, you know, we know is yeah. uh, well dubious, maybe. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I think I think it was heartfelt and um, it's nice to see that they at least did represent and they yeah, acknowledged, you know. Yeah, it just, it felt, the absence was so felt during that time. Like, in that moment, they were so felt that um, uh, 
like that it wasn't that they weren't there that it wasn't happening Mm -hmm. you know yeah like that it it actually it just made me be like god and now i really want to see them play like the the package the speeches i was like yeah and now imagine if radiohead played right now people would lose their mind also uh shout out to the people who found us before the show right before we went into the uh barclays center Uh, apropos of nothing they did not know who we were anything like that they just walked up to us this this, uh, a man and a woman walked up to us and they were like hey who uh who are you here to see and we were like oh yeah my response was like well um so uh i think we're we're gonna i mean like we're like we're like fans of the hall i'm i'm fan she's not so here's uh okay um (laughs) and i had to like start over and he's like but we have have a podcast podcast about the rock and roll hall of fame and they were like whoa we have a podcast about Radiohead <laughs> that of all the people we pick to talk to out outside of this thing is you. And it's Radiohead Heads. That sounds right. I think is the yeah. name of their podcast. Um, Radiohead uh, Heads Radio, maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> but they were very pleasant. Uh, yeah. And, and they, fun to talk to. Yeah. They were fun to talk to. But they were they were just kind of like interviewing us mm-hmm. out there. You're like, can you tell us how the ceremony is going to go? And I'm like, um, yeah. And then <laughs> I've been waiting all my life. <laughs> and then at some point when we were talking to them, uh, he was like, yeah, I was reading that like the, uh, Madonna induction was actually Iggy pop in the stooges. He was like, I was reading that on vulture. And I was like, yeah, that was me talking. <laughs> you were reading. That, yeah. You were reading article. my words. Yeah. Uh, which was funny, but uh, I just I I think like if you came just to see Radiohead, how like wow, what a what a letdown. Bummer, yeah, there, there's always a dude. hole, you know, when there's no music performed by an inducted artist. It's yeah. just you know, it's just a missed opportunity, and you know, you never really want to see that. You know, last year with Dire Straits, Dire Straits. or NWA a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. it's just it just there's an absence there, and it's um yeah. you know you're never gonna get that back because this is. The Hall of Fame, right? In, so you don't get inducted again. That's right. Yeah. God, yeah. No, I'm sad about that. I would have loved right. to. Right. I mean, it wasn't them. as bad as Dire Straits. Uh, yeah. God, they didn't even get in, an induction speech, right? No, they did it themselves. Gosh. It's fucking terrible. That's Let's really... hope that never happens again. Yeah, yeah. That was I, I real garbage. I hope they learned their their lesson. And then Roxy Music was up next. Uh, fun package it's fun just the old footage of roxy music is always very fun yeah brian ferry just what a what a powerhouse what a um what a powerhouse of 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 sensuality and (laughs) glitter um and then i mean so i was i was assuming the the screams for harry styles were going to be the the biggest pops uh from excitable women but there were people in a section close to us, and I got to assume, you know, not young because of when Simon LeBon and John Taylor came out, there were two or three women in unison who went, we love you, Duran Duran. Yep. And it was weird. <laughs> it was a weird thing to hear. Joe did not like it. He audibly went, oh. It was just like, what are and you And also doing? it interrupted You're, their speech. It interrupted their sucked. speech. People were like screaming during their speech. And it's like the people screaming are also like older than 40. Like they have to be because it's Duran Duran. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was just, it was bizarre. I thought, you know, Cat Corbett told us that Simon and John were fun and funny. And I didn't see it. Yeah. I didn't really get it. 
They well, they were amusing themselves, but they then at a certain point it really yeah we got it was very valedictorian speechy like. But about like. Uh, but drugs about and sex. sex and drugs, it was yeah. We came to party, but learned to feel. Oh, thank you for writing that down. Yeah. Wow. We came to party, but learned to feel. Yikes. Uh, I thought it was cute when they talked about uh, the most uh, crossword puzzleable. Uh, oh yeah, name with Brian Eno. Yeah. But then they clearly then like they, messed up the prompter and they double- both said the same line. Yeah. I felt bad. <laughs> and because- then Simon had to be like, I already said that. And that's horror. Like, there's nothing worse than like mistiming on a joke, and then someone doesn't know that they've missed the timing. That mm-hmm. somebody. I mean, that was. It feels ooh, like uh, I, a, I really a word show pattern. Yeah. Uh, I didn't yeah. like it. Do you think? Do you think this will bode well for Duran Duran's? Uh, yes, they're going to be in. Def Leppard is in. Roxy Music is in. What is in the middle? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't hurt to become a friend, you know, a quote unquote yeah. friend of the hall, and um, it often will lead to sort of future nominations or a future induction, as we've seen in the past with Joan Jett and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Duran Duran. I don't know where they fall in the priority list. I, their name has come up here and there, mm-hmm. um, but there's other '80s bands too that could possibly be in front of them, so to speak. Who do you think's in front of Duran Duran? Well, you've got ones that have already been nominated, like the Smiths and Depeche Mode, mm-hmm. that you could argue that maybe they're going to come first, or even like the replacements. They're going to get like back channeled by via the Cure. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. all... well, I, I uh, well, I, we can get in that later. But yeah. I did hear that backstage, the Cure was were advocating for Depeche Mode, and they're voters now. And they're voters now. And they're voters now. And there's a lot of them apparently. <laughs> I mean, we'll get yeah. to that. Uh, and the, and the nominating committee did not change this year. So the people that had nominated Depeche Mode in the last couple of years, they're still around. You know, mm-hmm. they don't forget. So they, they'll, it's pretty likely they'll come back up around. Yeah. Um, so when Roxy Music came up to give their speech, this was the first time we saw what would become a welcome pattern in terms of the induction speeches, which was one person speaking for the entire group. And usually the front man, but although not for the zombies, I guess. Uh, well, they didn't do that yeah. at all. They all talked. Yeah. But uh, Brian Ferry spoke uh, for the the squad, for, <laughs> for Roxy Music. He's here to rep his squad. Um, and it, this is something that you've actually suggested in the past. Because uh, everyone giving a speech is laborious and like really eats up a lot of time. And it seems like there was some sort of I it feels to me like the hall said, you guys can all speak, but that will cut into your playing time. If you want to just have one person speak for all of you, we'll let you play some more. That fe- I mean, I don't have that confirmed. That's but- what I. That's well. That's what it seemed like up top. But then, as the evening went on, and we saw the zombies and Def Leppard, didn't ever did no, no jo- jo- just Joey Allen. So Roxy Music, The Cure, and Def Leppard all just had one person speak. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so did Stevie Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Janet. And, and Janet. Janet. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was, I mean, I like that a lot. I think that's good. I like it too, but I will say I do like the moment. It is frustrating, not frustrating, but it's harder that than the people who um, 
aren't also getting the glory again are not getting the glory and they don't get to personally mm-hmm. thank maybe the people that they want to thank. I don't need everybody to repeat the same names again or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm very chill with like the front person gets to come up. They say the big story of how it all happened and they maybe everything. Have the most time. Yeah. And then everybody else gets to be like. I love you so-and-so, dot, yeah. dot, dot, and thank you to these three people, goodbye. Like, you know. Right. Or just to, like, have a moment where they get to stand there and be like, yeah, I was the third bassist for <laughs> this. <laughs> but like, Or, I- you know, I guess you miss out on those moments, like, when the the drummer from Chicago kind of surprised everybody with, like, yeah. how badass he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like you... I mean, I, I'm never going to advocate for more speeches except for what I just did. So, right. in the future... The fact that it does voice... Uh, it gave a voice to the often yeah. uh, voices. Well, a voice to the voice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it eliminates a big variable in terms of the time of the show. I mean, it was a five-hour show last night. Um, you know, you can imagine how long it would have been if... Every yeah. all of those inductees had had Has spoken it been even for a couple than minutes. Five hours before, I mean, five hours seems to be the standard runtime. Yeah, not much longer than five. I'm yeah, sure it's... It, it varies, but um, I mean, like if more people had uh, had been speaking for Roxy Music, they wouldn't have played six songs. I mean, and some of them were not full. It was almost it like felt a like a bridged. I don't think any of them were full. I feel I the mean, first couple were, but yeah. then there was sort of the middle portion where they played, I think, three short Snippets. versions. Yeah. So they start they started with uh, potentially Roxy's most challenging song and weird song, which is in every dream home, a heartache, which was like I maybe even suggested that in our episode as a joke. Like, because I never yeah. thought they would do something like that, and it well, was really cool. It's like very, it's a spoken word. No, uh, it's slow. And yeah, like, a dirge. And it, uh, you know, it's like a mood piece. You know, uh, wow, it's a mood. It is a mood, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like you know, an organ, and then occasionally a saxophone chiming in. And Brian Ferry talking like this, singing songs, and like doing that for minutes. Yeah. Uh, which was wa- truly wild, and like the way they had the, the they had, lighting, like, fog they and, like, really lighting stepped up the lighting for that, that cool. moment, which was neat. It uh, was wa- it was a very weird thing. It's not going to make it to broadcast. Yeah, I don't know unless or in will an abridged it? form. Oh yeah. Uh, and then they played "Out of the Blue" from Country Life, which I had to text Neil and be like, "Do you know what this is?" Because <laughs> like I mean, it's it, those first two were not uh, the expected. Uh, uh, a little more populist choices from Roxy Music. They were uh, for the for the fans. You might say they were out of the blue. <laughs> well, it's great that they. I mean, I, I love the sort of the trade off of the speeches for more music because it lets them, you oh, know, especially yeah. with these long careers. Yes. You know, you get to represent these different eras, and Roxy Music is sort of a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we finally got "Love Is the Drug." Which that might have been abbreviated a little bit. It felt like, I mean, they didn't start with the sound of, uh, you know, keys in an ignition and like someone walking down <laughs> yeah, a cobblestone right. street or whatever in high heels. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I couldn't tell because this was the moment when we were uh, positioning ourselves to better seats. Repositioning ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they did they did a short more than this and then a short Avalon, like kind of the Avalon uh, duo. And I kind of wonder if this was part of the negotiation, if they, you know, this is what HBO wanted them to play, those three songs, and like, okay, sure, we'll give you a medley of those, and then we want to play these other songs too. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's hard to know sometimes, um, you know, 
HBO and The Rock Hall, they definitely sort of give their preference for certain I hits bl- to be yeah. played. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you want to respect what the artists want to do as well. Right. And then they did Editions of You, uh, which was their sixth and final song. Crazy. Wow. Weird. They, Who saw that six coming? Six songs. And, weir- and kind of weird ones, too. Well, yeah. that's. I mean, I was like, oh, wow. Art rock, huh? Like, <laughs> it's here, baby. Yeah. I mean, and cool. You know, the... Yeah. It's a as as we said in our uh, what I'm gonna I'm gonna pre I'm gonna predict award winning vulture article. <laughs> Roxy's induction was really good for the hall, and it was good to see that that kind of band get in. Uh, guys, then we go to the singles category, which second year for the singles category, and uh, little Steven coming out. Oh boy, this is where Joe's about to. Go off. Are I, you going to go, go off? Neil will go off too. Neil rolled his eyes too. So we did a whole episode where we drafted a lot of songs that we thought could be uh, dra- be picked as singles. Um, and the first one, maybe by the Chantels. That's a good one. The Chantels have been nominated before. Uh, I still <clears throat> don't know how that song goes, though. I mean, like, I know it played. <laughs> I know that they played it last <laughs> night. But I just mean, like, off the top of my head, I'm like, mm, I Got some women in there, women of yeah. color. That's great. I think maybe yes. is a good song and a good candidate for this. That's the song I think that and was I on my list when we were drafting. Them. Yeah. Um, and then the second single, not one that was on my radar, but maybe should have been and was fun. I'm glad it was in there. It was Tequila by the Champs. Tequila starts. They, he's like, and the next song is Tequila. <clears throat> and Joe and I look at each other like, wait, really? Wait, <clears throat> Tequila. Okay. Okay. The Pee Wee Herman then, song. <laughs> and I was like, are they going to show Pee Wee Herman in the package? How do you not? How do you yeah. not? I mean, and right. they didn't. They didn't. Which is crazy But to it's because those, pack- those packages are like 30 seconds, you know? Yeah, but you just, it takes two seconds to show Wee Herman doing the dance. I'm just saying they missed opportunity, but you know what opportunity they didn't miss the opportunity to have the whole audience yell tequila tequila at the same time. And that was actually up until this point, there hadn't been kind of a A crowd unifying moment. And uh, tequila starts playing. The audience is loving it. And I was, I came around. I was like, okay, sure. Tequila, mm. not a novelty song anymore. I guess we like respect this song now. I guess so. Um, uh, I also, I do mean, we? Like, in, in classic little Steven style, he is fucking boring you with the production details of every song. <laughs> <laughs> he is like, go, he is going, you, you know, the, the, the champs were produced by a great uh, record producer, uh, Lenny, uh, you're just like, okay. Like I get credit where credit's due, but uh, little Steven like has a boner for producers and like, <laughs> and like fucking engineers and shit. Uh, and then money by Barrett strong was the next up, which like, all right, that also I'm in, I'm into it. Uh, it feels like that era and that production team from what I understand is like kind of represented in the hall, but Barrett strong is not. Uh, so that's that's fine. I want to get to the fourth one, which is the for me the one where I I think I literally out loud said, "Come the fuck on." He was so mad. The whole fucking point of this category is that it's supposed to be artists that aren't in the hall. That's like the whole idea is that like the Kingsmen aren't going to get into the hall, but put in Louis Louis, 
And yes, I get that. Some artists aren't, they don't go beyond having one song. So this is a way to identify and recognize those groups. And then they fucking put in Twist and Shout by the Isley Brothers, who are in, who've been in for a very long time. And so is the songwriter of Twist and Shout, Burt Burns, is in as a non-performer. So what, what, what even the fuck are we doing? What does it accomplish? And also, this really screws up our draft. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, uh, Neil... Neil, what, what go were you, off. I texted go you. Off, I texted you. Bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. I think when this happened, <laughs> right? Because it's like, well, well. I mean, people already had their thoughts about this category, and now it's just like, oh, what are we doing again? It's it's just breaking all of the rules, and now it's what? It's the five. They have the Rock Hall published a while ago. The five hundred songs that shaped rock and roll. So far, all of these singles have been on that list. You know, previously you could say, okay, well, we can throw out everybody that's in the Hall of Fame and then we're just reduced to, to what's left. Yeah. Now, wow. you, now that rule's I gone. I so, talked to you before I did my draft. So why not just <laughs> like induct... just Googling one hit wonder. <laughs> yeah, as we know, Kristen struggled um, with the concept of the singles. Not but, you know. Talk to me next time. <laughs> yeah, I should, honestly. That's a good way to, to do it. But, you know, why not induct every Beatles song, Elvis song? Point, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's, it's yeah. like, there's no rules anymore. So it's just... It's yeah, well, it makes no we, sense. Why are we wasting time? They, they with played this? themselves in we the second year of this category. Now it's like they've already screwed it up. And honestly, you know, him mentioning Burt Burns again, who was recently inducted, yeah, in 2016 as a songwriter. And look, little Steven, he's a producer of the Broadway show about Burt Burns. He's got mm-hmm. a TV show now, I think, coming out with him. It just doesn't feel right you know in a, in a lot of ways because this is clearly coming from conflict of the mind of, of little steven and so yes. it's just songs that he loved you know when he was in the yeah. 60s as a teenager or something and you know i get that he wants to sort of you know inject some fun maybe into the ceremony and like highlight these songs that maybe people don't always listen to anymore but what? is this no, really the right avenue is to also do it? never it's like everyone knows it everyone knows it you've <laughs> been to a wedding like it, that song is not going anywhere it really feels like he's doing this unilaterally like 100 percent. And, and they mentioned this on the red carpet thing um the prison was interviewing uh little steven and she said something like oh this is your baby or something like that and he was just kind of chuckled and like you know but it's like yeah this is really his thing so it needs to be like really reined in. Mm-hmm. Needs, if they're gonna if they're gonna move on with this, you know, I think the museum has been uncomfortable with the whole thing in the process. They weren't really oh, giving a heads up. Really? And okay, so they didn't. Th- this so last year it was like it was sprung on us, yeah, the like very, very idea very... of the category. And they yeah. had literally just redesigned the Hall of Fame portion of the museum, and there's no mention of this category. They didn't. There was no place on their website for it. They just don't. It's really? not on on the oh. little wall, like yeah. they don't know well, where to put if it. This is little Steven's baby. It is a bastard child of the <laughs> there rock you and go. roll. So you know, uh, Greg Harris, the president of the museum, came out recently and was like, "Yeah, these artists are not being in- the singles are not being inducted into the Hall of Fame," which. It's it's a weird There's contradiction. Disagreement yeah, it's over just, whether it, or not these singles are really being inducted. Oh wow! And like some people in the hall are going no, and then other <laughs> people being like yeah, 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 for sure. And we don't, it's like what what are yeah? Well, I, and I will say that this twist and shout. Uh, what's the other, when oh, we get the, to the last? Yeah, what's... The, the other ones were Leader of the Pack by the Shangri Laws, which was a, the only pick that we had from our draft. 
which pointed Joy Divine. Wow. Uh, and then the last one was Gloria by The Shadows of the Night, which like Gloria is a song by them. I'm sorry. Like that's that that's how I feel about it. Like that's a the band Van, them with Van Morrison. Well, and this felt to me like Lil Steven being Lil Steven <laughs> being like I want to make this I want to say the following phrase the um bar Three, band the, yeah. the bar band trilogy. So now that Louie Louie is in uh what was it? We've Twist and Shell and, Twist and, and Shell. Gloria. And that completes the bar band trilogy. It was like all, all this for that so that you could say that like it didn't. What a, what a, what a do ragged weirdo. <laughs> I don't care. Was for it him. Twist and Shout the one that he had worn out the record of then? I don't I, honestly, I, I do as, as much as I can to forget what little Steven was talking about. As you know, I was, clenching my fist he did actually he was speaking at like full volume joe in in the audience <laughs> i was like what the fuck like, are we he doing? wasn't trying <laughs> this fucking bullshit <laughs> i think i maybe even threw my arms up and looked he around did. Like he was looking was around care. for someone to like <laughs> reinforce how he was feeling the brothers already in out loud just like well and the Isley brothers are already in like (laughs) nobody around cared anyway the room then came alive when they started playing the package for the cure and it was so clear that there were a lot of cure fans in the audience and it was just then like that was like the turning point for the night where it was like because then Trent Reznor's speech was really good yes Fucking... Well, and the Cure package was great, and it once again reminds you of just how many songs they have, how mm-hmm. many songs Long career they have. of really great songs. And, you know, kind of Robert Smith um, doing, like, kind of uh, acknowledging his own darkness and, like, how he was doing, like, cloaking all of these dark feelings in beautiful, beautiful pop, pop songs. songs yeah. yeah. Uh, Trent Reznor, which you referred to as Bradley Cooper, uh, playing Stephen, Stephen Baldwin, Baldwin. Yeah, Stephen Baldwin based cosplay. on his look alone, yeah. uh, had a really great speech. I think maybe the best speech of the night. It uh, was great. Yeah. Like truly uh, such a fan and so influenced by them. And uh, I think maybe the pull quote from this speech was, you know, I, I, I Trent Here Reznor was saying. Uh, it, it hits all the boxes. It ticks all the boxes of a speech that you want, which are. It's personal, he but lists he, lists, he lists great songs. He does the bio speech, but also from a personal angle, which is what we're like. That's what kind of the best induction speeches talks about are. Being an outsider and like talks about how maybe they weren't always critically beloved, yes. which that I kind of uh, is suspect because they were kind of critically beloved, but I know what he means. But he means like they weren't like they darlings weren't... in the way that Springsteen was. Yes. And also that like, you know, it you they were weird, mm-hmm. you know, which was cool. But then he then he pulls, so here, he here takes that go. final box for the Joe Quazala, the does my mom know them box. It's like the, the, that, that je ne sais quoi he, category. What he says is he, he says there, uh, you know, I have had made my comments before and I've uh, expressed my skepticism of accolades and awards and perhaps this uh, institution in general. Uh, and one of the reasons for that has always been, you know, if uh, X, Y, and Z are in, why isn't the cure? And like that was for him always the the talking point. And he was like, I, I can't begin to tell you how 
meaningful it was to get a call to ask me to yeah. do this and to be here and to be a part of this night and it means so much uh to me and to a lot of people and it was like oh fuck yeah he's right it was cool it was great and then and ten- also it made everybody in the crowd feel that it was important mm-hmm. like that was the most unifying part of the night was the cure mm-hmm. and then all 10 inducted members were there, which was crazy, given that, like, it, it, leading up to it, no one really knew who was going to be there from The Cure. I know a lot of, like, Cure fans were in our mentions and stuff on Twitter being like, oh, it, it seems like only two people are going to show up. <laughs> it's like they all were fucking there. Um, and uh, Robert Smith was the only one to speak again, part of that pattern. And, like, he seemed moved in a way that, like, he was, like, visibly, like, kind of taken aback by how much it it meant to him. And he was making what what I call herm face, where he was, like, kind of, like, his mouth was being curled to the side. And he was, like, doing doing the very Robert Smith thing of, like, having his hands on his face. Yeah, it was, like, it was deer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, it was darling. (laughs) Like, he seemed seemed to be... um, uh, impacted by what was happening and he pointed out i don't know if you you had any idea that rob light was his champion in the room yeah i think alan light also was advocating for the cure that's i could be wrong too but that's what alan light said when they announced yeah are these the light brothers wait (laughs) (laughs) no they're they're different alan light is a rolling stone writer and rob light as i recall is bon jovi's manager right I think so, yeah, but he's al- he also like produces the ceremony, and he's right. like, he's, yeah, he's he's one yeah. of the top guys. He's one of the top guys. He's got some pull. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's wild that he pulled for Bon Jovi and then the Cure. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe that's uh, proof that he uh, can be trusted because he's not he's not totally biased in one direction. He's just fully open to people who deserve it for you know all for, for all sorts for the genre, jocks and the gods. Yeah, for the jocks and the gods. Yeah. Um, and then they play and the cure, I thought the cures performance was the best of the night. Yeah. Oh, it, well, it totally was. It was incredible. Like it like felt like the stage changed. Like it just like looked different the way the lighting was. They got like a concert production for it too. Like most of the time when the other people are playing, it's just pictures of them in the background, just fading and mm-hmm. stuff. And they had like, it looked like a regular concert, you know, mm-hmm. footage, like, um, uh, backdrops and stuff. Yeah, it feels like in recent years they've stepped up the the concert production with the lighting and all that stuff. Yeah. It seems a lot more elaborate now. Yeah. Yeah, and it was the current uh, touring members. None of the old members played with a Cure, which was kind of too bad. But like they were still great, and the, you know, I mean, I get it. That's the they tour, and that's the band right now, which is Robert Smith, Simon Gallup, Reeves, Gabrels, <laughs> Roger O'Donnell, and Jason Cooper. And they sounded great. Uh, fucking Simon Gallup was truly running around the stage with his bass. Yeah, uh, he, he is my favorite around. of everybody with his little half, like half man bun and mm-hmm. his white pants. And he is just he 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 was a little energetic. Um, they started off with a song that I had to Google because I, I didn't recognize it immediately, which is uh, "Shake Dog Shake" from Head on the Door, which nobody was. Uh, Expecting. No one saw that. Coming. Did you? Did you? So we talked before the ceremony, Neil. Yeah. And you said you knew the uh, line, the running order of their songs, and right. you, said you knew that one it, was coming. It, somebody. Had, How did you know the? No. Uh, so the Neil, Craig from Chain of Flowers Twitter, like his, has been really great in terms of keeping up with all the Cure and, and Rock Hall stuff, and 
he had some sources, I think, that were at Soundcheck and had tweeted to him, um, you know, their set list. But it was all like an abbreviation. So it said like SDS, SDS mm-hmm. for Shake Dog Shake. And I don't I wouldn't know what those abbreviations yeah, are without right. having to look them up. So I didn't I didn't go as far as looking them up, but I knew I knew you probably would know them. So, yeah, I, I would have thought it was a suck dick suck, <laughs> which is another great cure song. <laughs> Um, and then they played uh, Forest, which uh, was uh, a good, great choice, but also an unexpected one. It was incredible. I mean, yeah. I, I, that was probably one of my favorites. And then on the screen during a Forest, uh, they showed there a There was forest. a Forest. They had some Blair Witch uh, <laughs> yeah, project like black and white, B-roll like shaking going. footage of trees. Uh, then, then Love Song, and that's kind of when we got into like the, the more like hits yeah. section. Love Song sounded great. Um, and then just like heaven and I just like heaven, the, the whole place just like screamed, like scre- everyone stood up, everybody yeah. just, it was like, I teared up this, that was like the only moment from the induction where I was like, I like really, I like felt something hard because man, they just sounded so good. And that song is just one of the best songs. Uh, it, it's, it's a great song. And I, I will say this cause then they played, um, boys don't cry as their last one. And mm-hmm. I would, in retrospect, have reversed the order of those songs. I would have done, I wish that they had done Boys Don't Cry and then ended with Just Like Heaven because Just Like Heaven, the whole place was just like, the energy, it was fine. We were like, yeah, this is what we came for. Mm-hmm. Wow, we all like this. It's fun and good and we're having a great time. And then Boys Don't Cry is an awesome song, but I think it would have been a great lead into that mm-hmm. because then a lot of people sat back down for their last song and i was like oh okay yeah yeah people are you know they're eager to get up and dance in some of these things you know you sit through a lot of speeches there's sometimes yeah. some breaks and you know maybe a band like roxy music doesn't have danceable songs but then you know <laughs> you, you get to to just like heaven yeah. and like the whole place is just ready to go and yeah. um you know this happens sometimes i remember in 2014 you know when Duran Duran or um, Hall and Oates played, and it was like everybody yeah. was so excited to like dance. You know, yes, yeah. That, that part of the I remember that their performance from that part of the ceremony, and I remember being like, "Oh, yeah, Hall and Oates, this well, is fun." Hall and Oates also showed a lot of footage of people dancing in the crowd. Yes, uh, yeah. The Cure maybe should have gone later in the ceremony because it would have been a better ramp up. Yeah. Uh, because then we go from the cure to someone who's not performing Janet Jackson. But it was, there was still like, it felt like the energy was carrying over. Like people went nuts for the package, which was a great package. Um, and yeah, you were like, <laughs> Kristen kept pointing out like, oh, this is like Paula Abdul years. Uh, oh, no, this is just all choreography. Well, you can see the choreographers too. Well, Tina Landon was like so instrumental into like shaping what we think of as 90s Jan- Janet, like um, the Janet album, like choreographing all of those music videos when it was very impactful to me at that time. And right. so... I was uh, really happy. Janelle Monet came out, uh, looked great, had like almost like a Rhythm Nation-y yeah. uh, like suit jacket and pigtails and hat. Yeah. Uh, inducting the Queen of Black Girl Magic. I thought it was... Uh, and that then, like got a huge pop. And then, yeah. And then she did talk about how like, like she was like, you know, and then there's Janet Jackson level fine or whatever. She was, yeah, she's talking about, you know, she, she really covered the, the spread of uh janet's uh assets including how beautiful she is and but it was just like 
and also Janelle Monet is so gorgeous and yeah. you're just like looking at her and I'm like, wow, I feel like, um, you know, Janelle Monet is Janet Jackson level fine. Like and that was also a great speech. That was also a very yes, personal. I liked it, but her delivery, it wasn't, um, it wasn't as it, 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 I felt like toward the end she was maybe getting there, but like mm-hmm. I could, it, it just, because it was so long, perhaps there wasn't as she was speaking directly to Janet, the times when she spoke directly to Janet, I was like that. I and like being like, that. being like, girl, you are the background on my phone and have been for, for seven, seven years. years. That was great. I know. And I was, I was thinking to myself, like, who, what would you even do? Like, if you found out that, like, Beyonce liked something you did or whatever. It's just like, mm-hmm. that's insane. Yeah. Like, and every day I look at your picture and it gives me inspiration. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's what she said to her. It's great. Yeah, um, and like that one was super personal, which was great. Just you know, just just for the moment of her being like, yeah, seeing Janet Jackson on TV, unlike anyone I had ever seen, and being like, oh shit, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, that's you know that that kind of says it all. And then we're like, great, so she'll definitely do something, right? She'll yeah, perform. Janelle will certainly Janelle perform. Will, we didn't bring her here just to just to talk just to talk hmm interesting Did maybe we? she'd do an Aretha performance hmm. uh, Janet's speech uh, <laughs> well there, there was a dramatic pause after Janelle inducted Janet where Janet wasn't coming from backstage she sort she of emerged just, out of the audience yeah. or the you know the, the, the tables, tables. Her table but, you know very slowly and you know with an escort and mm-hmm. um, you know it felt a little dramatic yes yeah here she comes creating that well that was you were like where is she coming from it was taking a while right yeah it was interesting and then when she finally got on stage you know and she's in a very formal dress yeah and you're like she's not performing there in that was dress. no There's, way it's, yeah. there goes the chance of the performance because yeah. at that point we still didn't know yeah no I and mean, that was i was sort of like you know eyeing the stage setup as they were changing yeah. over and it's like i could see the zombies like the keyboard coming out and so i was like eh, that doesn't look like a janet no. setup definitely so. not um I know there have been rumors about why Janet didn't perform and that like the uh, someone posted on Twitter today that had something to do with Michael Jackson. Yeah. On uh, Variety, like, you know, during the ceremony, there was an article saying that um, I guess through they got word through sources that it was sort of a dispute between Janet and HBO because of HBO's involvement with the. With the Neverland documentary. We, Interesting. We have it on relatively good yeah. authority that it's a production issue. That she wanted uh, a production value that they could not production um, provide. From our shadowy insider. Yes. Uh, was that it was a it was a full on production thing and you know, she wanted like a hundred backup dancers. Yeah, and, and then if it was gonna be a tribute, she wanted it to be like it had to be Beyonce, Beyonce and Britney, Britney Spears like, and like it, she wanted everybody. And so and there was no compromise yeah. for that. Uh, I don't know about where, where you were sitting, but uh, every time people were speaking on the microphone, it was very soft, very soft. And also Janet and Jackson, Janet Jackson is very a soft spoken person. So it was it was a little tough to uh, 
hear her. But oh, but I certainly heard out. her thank her father a lot of times. She talked about her family it a was lot. Extremely uneasy in the room because she kept referencing her family. And everyone's she like, started it with, "I didn't want to be a, a singer. singer. But my I didn't want to be a superstar. I wanted to go to college and be a lawyer." And we were all like, <laughs> "And it was my dad's dream that I become a superstar." She really contradicted herself a lot in the speech. She was like. It was my dad's dream that I become a superstar. But, you know, I was always hanging around my brothers trying to get into the studio, trying to be. It was my dream. And like, yeah, it's like, yeah, your family fucked you up. Yeah, they really did. And you thanked them for it a lot. Yeah. And Michael was not mentioned by By name. name. She mentioned her brothers talked about the Jackson five getting inducted in 97. But yeah, it was I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but the, the whole time. The room, everybody was. You could was... feel it in the room, right? Like, don't say anything about Michael. <laughs> like, this could get really uncomfortable. And she did a good job of. She skirted it. But it, 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 got, was... it almost Oof. got hairy there for a second. Oh, my goodness. Uh, she uh, rightly gave a shout out to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, made them stand up. I liked that a lot. And then I tweeted about and it, Jimmy and Jimmy Jam, Jam liked, liked it. the tweet. <laughs> he gave it a fave, which we assumed meant like, oh, he's no longer here. Yeah, like he their by table the time seemed he empty. Fa- <laughs> yeah, after that uh, induction, um, she thanked her choreographers. Yes, yes, she did. I was very happy about. She it. thanked Questlove and had yeah, him stand up. Yeah, she had him stand up. That was great because that's. I mean, like if anyone has has gone to bat for her. Uh, in a meaningful way. She's an icon, and I'm glad that she's in. That, and then, oh, go ahead. Well, I just, I mean, like, her speech in and of itself, it was, it, oh, and then in the end, she talked about more women. She said in Rock, Rock and Hall of Fame in 2020, let's please induct more women. It was, that was great. Which was, yeah, very good. I liked that, but her speech was interesting. It was just, it's really interesting when the world is like, we know Joe Jackson was like, not good like (laughs) we know that's like it's like a known thing and then she just kept being like and my father he believed in me he pushed me he helped me so much what a great man and we were Uh, all like we know he wasn't yeah there's like like several movies about it like there we yeah yeah and then that was the end of the janet induction is that it, it? She left the stage, and then we went into the zombies. I'm trying to remember if she talked about how important her family had been to pop culture or whatever. How who oh, talked she about did. that? She did. She. I think she said like, uh, yeah. She was just talking about how how much of an impact her family had like internationally on pop also, culture and then she, she was like and now i'm here and yes, i did it on my own and she talked to, but she said i did it on my own but then she talks about how when she was 14 she couldn't do anything and her dad just brought her to barry gordy right uh or her pro- da- sounds right her dad like brought her to the record label and was just like this is my daughter and you need to sign her it's, it mm-hmm. was just like it was a and being like i did it i, I made it on my own uh my family yeah. isn't famous. Anyway, got to go. Yeah, it was an it was an interesting speech. I'm I don't think it'll get cut, so everyone will be able to. Yeah, and then we went to the zombies. Uh, their package, mostly newspaper clippings, <laughs> as, I, <laughs> as I recall. 
It felt like a lot of like newspaper clippings and like pictures of ads and stuff, and them talking about how like they didn't get to, <laughs> you know, they had some hits, but they didn't get to appreciate it. Also, man, vintage zombies—that is my type. If you if you had to just like, yeah, Kristen kept going. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> they, I, all of those newspaper clip, clippings all of the old photos of the whole band just like the, them as a conglomeration that's a look i'm into it yeah, they were and i young liked men. it and now here we are 90 years later uh <laughs> speaking of of looking good Susanna yeah, Hoffs, holy shit <laughs> Susanna hoffs i think is uh backwards aging like she looks great uh and then during her speech she mentioned she was 60 years old and the crowd almost went like, no, <laughs> stop, you get it, what shit? Really, people around, everyone You could feel went, it like no. reverberating throughout it the. Is, it was, that was the biggest bombshell of the night is that Susanna Hoffs is 60 years old. I, I'm, I don't, still don't believe it. She looks 25. I am not she exaggerating. She looks so good. Um, I should stop myself from <laughs> speaking any further. She just looks great. Uh, and her speech was a little, little book reporty. I yeah, thought. it was clear that she loved the band, and she was like so smiley and joyful. But boy, there was not a lot going on there. Not like, a lot of like impassioned. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. We were we were bordering on Webster's Dictionary defines zombie yeah. as. But <laughs> the. Uh, the speech was fine, but then we went to the speeches, and I thought, okay, Rod Argent is clearly going to speak for all the zombies, right? Yeah. Because he had a, he, had a long... he really, he had a lot to say. Oh, uh, and it was, I got, I, my mind just started to drift a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those, the classic, you know, telling the, the band story again. Yeah. yeah. Through the years and all the eras and what they, you know, they, that you used to get. We just a lot. watched, you know, a lot. The, mm-hmm. yeah. Gosh. So we'd been the spoiled bon Jovi, at that point. The... I mean, last night we'd been pretty spoiled because we weren't getting a whole ton of that with the speeches. We also just weren't getting a lot of speeches in general. It was cool. <laughs> and then, yeah, Argent, the, the best thing that Argent mentioned was that 50 years to that day, to yesterday, was when time of the season went number one, which was pretty cool. Also, um, I enjoyed the part where he was really talking about how Elvis was like an alien to people in Britain. How like rock the, music, yeah. American culture was so it felt like in Britain that they could never do that. That we'll never have rock music here. And then like, <laughs> <Yeah>. oops. <laughs> and then finding out that Elvis had some zombie songs on his jukebox. Yeah, and how and like much that, that like that's what that was the one. It wasn't the Janet Jackson um on Janelle Monet's phone thing. It was like he was like when I found out that Elvis had one of my songs on our songs on his jukebox it like was the most meaningful crazy thing i could ever imagine i was like started with elvis for yeah. him and a lot of people when it's it comes like to finding out like that would be like if beyonce was like i i listened to your comedy album like i mean like i have to lose my <laughs> she's like i it's saw you like, on just a makes thing no sense. i'd be like oh, you know yeah. that like would be I was just trying to think of who would who would that mm-hmm. make who would I freak out because like he he seemed so genuinely he was like Elvis Presley I'm like yeah but that's because I'm not as old as he is yeah there you go they all talked and it sucked <laughs> <laughs> not they all didn't speak as long as Rod no, did but definitely not but no. then you know Colin Blunstone came up and said some stuff but we see but we got to see that guy's hat Hugh Grundy <laughs> wearing a Lady Smith black Mombazo hat 
Um, and then uh, Chris White said some things too. And it was like, <laughs> ah, right. This this was a kind of like inductions this was, of yeah, we're years it old. Well, exactly. Inductions of years past. And also because they were the most, they were the oldest band to be inducted this year. And they were the most like in the tradition of the hall. You, we you're did used it. to seeing yeah, gray haired uh, guys drone on. Forever. We cleared out the 60s. <laughs> we yeah, did it. We'll, we'll see about that. Uh they, play, they, they they also thanked uh, their nominators too. Their true. advocates as well. They so Paul Schaefer, right? Yes, Paul Schaefer, Stephen Van Zant, and uh, Rick Krim. Okay, whose name doesn't come up often, but it does. Apparently, he was. Uh, I don't know one of their people that, that kept the flame alive. I think is he also uh, credited as an executive producer for the ceremony? I think so. That seems right. Something Krimby. that I liked. Krimby. About the speech. I'm calling <laughs> just, him Crimby. Yeah, I gave him a nickname. Crimby. All right. Old Crimby. Uh, old Crim. Crim, Crim, Crim. Uh, what? No. Uh, I liked the one of the parts about... Crim Rod. and Grundy. Stop Sorry. it. <laughs> <laughs> Rod's speech was when he was like, and for the first time in our career, we're, we're uh, six years ago, we're being... Ma- oh, he's like, he's we like, have a good manager now. We have a good manager now. For the past six years, this person has been managing us. And I'm like, like, that is a long time to wait for, to for have a, a good, good manager. manager. Yeah, the it's last, like you guys have had such a shitty career a where they're, yeah, finally, those poor dudes. Oh I mean, what, but this is, that's kind of the, the, the story about this um, induction is that they've had to wait a long time, but like now they're finally getting some, some respect. These, Put some respect on it. You know, uh, almost like zombies. They're becoming alive again. <laughs> uh, they played Time of the Season, and it was shaky. It, it started was shaky. off pretty shaky. Bloomstone's voice felt off. Mm-hmm. It felt a little operatic. It almost reminded me a little bit of the way Elvis Costello played when we yeah. saw him, which was just like, okay, like he's got a voice, but like it doesn't sound he's like going the record. To, yeah. Um, and then after that, things got better. This will be our year. Uh, there was an improvement, although we did notice. Uh, I think. Chris White's bass playing is not what it used to oh be. Oh my god! I don't know. Oh, the, Did you notice that? The bass I did not notice was no. out of control. On the, Just for like a for like yeah. a little bit, but like a noticeable bit where it was because he played on every song, but he does not tour with them. He's not really a current member of the band anymore. I noticed Hugh Grundy was playing drums, but the real drummer was also there, <laughs> and he was also not playing on every song. Uh, so it was the type well, that of thing was where like, also in Roxy Music they had like a backup uh, like uh, they had like brass the, section they had Brian Ferry's band in addition to having yeah. Andy Mackay and Phil Manzanera and Eddie Jobson uh, then they did Tell Her No and did She's Not There and those uh, those sounded pretty good they I think they were kind of what we predicted which was the performances yeah. were good we know they st- can still play them but it was not like it was a dip from The Cure yeah uh, although they did go into briefly, they went into give me some loving at the end. Of that she's was cool. There. They were having fun, and uh, Rod is—he's the one. He's—I would say—he's still keys. got it the most. He's just doing it. But then Colin was like, he was really joyful. He kept embracing the audience. He was giving a lot of—I don't know—like oh arms yeah. outstretched. Yes, there was a, there was a lot of almost like, like let op- the sunshine yeah. in, like arms yeah. uh, open to the world. It's the time of the season of love, yeah. and he's he's doing like a Y from the YMCA. Yeah, like it was kind, of, kind of that was sweet. 
then we got the In Memoriam, which we got Joe Jackson in the In Memoriam, which was another, like, this is fucking, like, <laughs> twisting the fucking knife. Uh, and are you joking my ass? No Aretha tribute is wild. It is insane. It is unfathomable. Especially in context of they did a fucking Chris Cornell tribute Chris last Cornell year. Chris Cornell got his own dirge of a fucking song. He's not even in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Aretha Franklin is the first woman to ever be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She is also a black woman. She is the queen of soul. She is also arguably the great greatest rock singer of all time. Like, put... Uh, you have Janelle Monet in the house. We you know ha- that she can do. We know it's like put Aretha songs. Some she has in the recent past. Just, I mean, even just uh, one song. Uh, just one I, song. I mean, Michelle Obama doesn't have to show up. It's I. My <laughs> as, fantasy as doesn't you. have to come true. But like, <laughs> what on earth? You're going to act like because you give her a 15 second extra little video montage at the, at the end. end of the yeah. in memoriam. That we are somehow, you, this is, it was an outrage. I am mad That's about it. That's a surprise and also like they should know better. It's that, that, fucking that was a big flub. rude. Like mm-hmm. I'm, and it was such a missed opportunity to have more women perform on right. the fucking show. I, I, I am livid. Mm-hmm. You, you <laughs> fucked up, Hall. Uh, they've, they've set up a, a, pattern that i guess they broke last night you know where they if there's a one of those sort of you know og inductees you know chuck berry or you know someone significant like prince Bowie got one prince bowie yeah so they'll do a song or a tribute you know just this to acknowledge the, the you know the magnitude of, of that i mean glenn fry got one are you fuck i forgot about this is <laughs> i am what the? Well, honest. Well, Kristen, to be fair, Glenn oh. Fry is more important than Aretha Franklin. <laughs> God, that's right. I you're, mean, like, gosh. we just have to remember. I just, you needed to hear that. So you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I forgot. So now Glenn that I Fry. remember that, gosh, All right, what was we, I thinking? Then we got to our final performers, our headliners, which very clearly you could tell from outside the <laughs> stadium and from inside, most people were there for Def Leppard. A lot of Union Jacks. A lot of Union Jacks. A lot of a lot leopard, of leopard print, print, which was a more a literal fashion statement than I was expecting. Uh, yeah, people people were into Def Leppard, um, and uh, their package was fine um, and good, right? I'm trying to Honestly, remember. Honestly, I don't really it. remember. Yeah. It was just like what you would what you would expect. They oh you know what though the thing that I think is interesting is just the idea that like they it was like if they did not form Def Leppard like that they are old school it really is a Bon Jovi type story to me in some ways like it's just like, like they were kids they were kids they were in high school they were in a town that they like needed to get out of that like mm-hmm. there was if they didn't do this they, like, would, go- work they would work at the, at the factory, factory like yeah. it that was it mm-hmm. and, like Bon Jovi their drummer lost their arm <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Bon Jovi they all went back to get their bowling balls to go on their first tour but like I, I just mean like the idea of of people who are truly working class from mm-hmm. like they're uh, from Sheffield, yeah, which is, I'm assuming, the Jersey of the UK. Yeah, well, um, and I think about like that idea. They don't at any point talk about how they started to play music or anything. The thing about Def Leppard is like they're not. 
they're not musical. Do you know they they don't at any point talk about like no one they t- don't talk about anyone's virtuosity. They like didn't the really sophistication yeah, of the music. and they didn't yeah. talk at all about like how they started playing music either, or like how it all happened. You know. Yeah, I can I kind of get it, what you mean. Um, their origin story is like you get a little bit of that from 16, when Brian May talks about them, right? But yeah, they were teenagers. They were yeah, they children. were they were young. Uh, and we did in the package. We did get our first acknowledgement, and we would come back to this a lot because it is the craziest thing and maybe Rock's best comeback story of the drummer fucking losing his arm <laughs> yeah. and then staying in the band and it not like really losing much despite yeah. the limb. Uh, which also shade to have Radiohead King of Limbs with Def Leppard yeah. the same year. Wow, a rude thing to do. Uh, there was a also, like, oh, you lost your arm. I'm the fucking King of Limbs. Yeah, it's like, that's I mean, very mean. Well, and there was a lot of shade in the Def Leppard thing. I mean, they were also saying that like, in order to stay a rock star, you can't get fat. Don't get fat. Don't Robert get fat. Smith. Sub, like subtweeting Robert Smith out loud. Like very rude. Um, Brian May, uh, good speaker. Uh, Kept Good. it personal, which was needed. Yes. And, and uh, welcome. And he had a great jacket on. He was wearing he was a shimmering. purple, like, velour suit jacket with the sh- just the shoulders were shimmering, though. It wasn't an entirely shimmery jacket. Mm-hmm. It was tasteful. It was, it was a subtle, subtle shimmer. And I loved it. I love his barrister wig hair. I'm like, <laughs> it was a good speech. And it was, yeah, it was really personal. That whole part about the phone calls, you know. Right, that the first phone call that Brian May got after Freddie Mercury died was Joe Elliott. And then the first phone call Joe Elliott got after uh, Steve Clark died was Brian May. Like, these guys are are tight, and there's a lot of love there. And also, I believe it was Phil Collin who saved Brian May's life. Or maybe it was Joe from uh, incinerating on oh, a pyrotechnic. Joe. Yeah, Joe yeah. saved his life. Uh, just grabbing him. Phil Collin was in the back doing push-ups. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, but um, uh, Brian May's speech was, was solid. Uh, and it was compelling. And yeah. He, he's embraced the whole, you know, inductor bit with Def Leppard. And I think he's really enjoyed doing interviews in, in the lead up to this. And he, he was clearly enjoying himself, you know, on, with the speech. And yeah. he's got a personal connection with them, which is always what you really want. Because mm-hmm. and he, what he like just they've known each other for so long. They all toured together. It's just yeah. that was sweet. I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I liked his speech was great. And it really lined up nicely that like Brian May has been like. A celebrated figure this past year. Yeah. Because there are like other years in recent past where it wouldn't have felt like as big of a get, weirdly. Yeah, no, that is totally true. Oscars, like, right now, ago. exactly. Like, this is the time of the season for Brian May. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this will be his year. <laughs> He's um, in the zombies, right? Yes, okay. correct. For <laughs> 100%. Um, and then, uh, so then they just have Joe Elliott speak for all of them, which is too bad because I couldn't get a good shot of Phil Collin wearing a suit jacket over a nothing. <laughs> Being fucking <laughs> not wearing a shirt, but just a suit jacket. Uh, Joe Elliott, uh, is, he's got some weird stuff going on with his hair. Um, it like just doesn't look real. It looks like, uh, oh, looks yeah. like suburban mom hair a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe it's real. They said, don't lose it, your hair and don't get fat. Those are the rules. I mean, they also said, what an honor. I mean, Joe Elliott said, what an honor to be sharing the stage tonight oh, with all yeah. these great artists like Stevie Nicks and like the zombies and like Roxy Music. Bands so that have really influenced us and that we have come up with. And just didn't mention The Cure. And we, and we were like jocks. 
fucking jocks and goths. That's what's going on here. Yeah, they don't care. Um, so glad that they didn't all speak. The best part of Joe Elliott's speech was talking about like we've overcome these things. And then he gets the fucking Rick Allen thing, and it's like he's like I just can't say it enough. Like what? And then Rick was crying and it was everybody stood up it was like a standing ovation yeah that was one of the best moments of the night it was really great because like truly it can't be emphasized enough that like that's just the fucking craziest thing in the world well and you know it was um our pal patrick fabian who like sold me on this idea that like how important it was that like they were just they had just broken through when he lost his arm and the record label was like Get a new drummer. We and they were like, this is our friend from if we. Oh, excuse if, me. This is our mate. This probably. is our mate. This is, this is our, our mate. From, from, from secondary from, school. From, <laughs> well, from college. Excuse oh, me. Oh, sure. College. Which Kristen. <laughs> Kristen's traveled abroad. So maybe was, you didn't. I was know. popping off in the stands. Just letting everybody know. He means uh, high school. That's what they call it. I've uh, lived abroad. Um, he would have said university if he meant uh, college the way we think of it. People appreciated that. They love it. Um, but he, like, they waited for their friend. They said, we're not moving forward. Otherwise, he'll have to go work in the factory. And he can't. He'll only have one <laughs> arm. one I mean, arm. Like, he, he can't keep up with the assembly line. <laughs> so I just, that's like, and they waited for him. You know, they, mm-hmm. they did not cap, they didn't tour. They didn't capitalize on their success. They didn't put out another album. And then they, like, waited for him to heal and then learn and then, how to and do then had an album that was uh, against the odds even more popular than yeah. Mania hysteria which was the first song they played for some reason which was a weird i think that's like a weird choice it's like mid-tempo it, it like didn't really like all the songs they played after which it then went to rock of ages yeah which is what they'll start with when they do the yeah i don't <laughs> expect hysteria will make the hysteria yeah, shouldn't because no. it was so uninspired but like rock of ages photograph and pour some sugar on me all have like great openings that like yeah. hook you immediately yeah. and hysteria is just like dun, 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 dun. It, it was His, yeah that's rock of cut. ages people were like this is what we came for <laughs> like i mean you could just... kristen looked at me and she was like what is this song about all, like played. all of their songs are not about us th- i mean photograph has a story i understand what photograph is Although about you listen to the lyrics and you're like i don't think i like this but i don't <laughs> it's weird i don't want that is i don't like yeah, rock of ages is just like it's just, rock of ages rock of ages still rocking rock it's, and rolling it's like the twi- it's like um whatever it is it's like a an old school like, like 60s let's do the twist, do the twist yeah. or like you know just let's rock 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 they have a rock song around let's the- get rock let's get rock They're i mean smart guys um <laughs> po- then yeah D- fo- but photograph but that's rock of ages was gr- like great they sounded great they in hysteria he didn't Joe Elliott didn't sound good. The band sounded fine. But, like, Rock of Ages, they sounded good. Like, it was kind of hard to deny. Everybody was just kind of like, fuck yeah. These guys, they sound like the record, which Patrick Fabian yes, promised they, they would. Literally, it was like listening to the record live. And it was just, it was full and alive. And uh, I think Photograph is, is my favorite Def Leppard song. And that was also, like, that was just great. Phil um, Collin took off his his jacket. He could be free to he, just. And Phil <laughs> Collin, we should say, is fucking ripped. He is jacked, <laughs> jacked beyond belief. 
I it was wild. And there were a lot of there were more shots. There of were him. gratuitous <laughs> shots of his guitar. It was just fucking, with his abs kind of like flexing above. It was wild. It was shit. He and it Susanna really, Hoffs must like have the same yeah. <laughs> same yeah. like uh, regimen, like the health regimen or something. I mean, they're they're both like yeah, at least over sixty and yeah. look incredible. So looking great. Hey, uh, reach out to Robert Smith uh, because <laughs> I mean the. W- Robert Smith, though, is an interesting one because the fact that he chose to look like a maniac early on, yeah. he kind of gets to maintain his look as he becomes fat and old. He I'm just here for it. Weird hair and I love on. it. I really like that. I love it when people just are allowed to age. You know, Stevie Nicks looks incredible, but it's like Bishi looks incredible because she's had like very good mm-hmm. plastic surgery and fillers Colin, done. Colin like, Bloomstone. Looks like Mr. Burns. Yeah. yeah, he's not doing so hot. Uh, Although Roy, Rot, wow, we talk about, we really, this is, we objectify these people. Pretty, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're but mean. But like that guy, Rod, he, he like, he's got That's a cool okay. old guy vibe. He's Who, aged gracefully, Rod yeah. Um And then it was like, are we going to get a jam? And then, because uh, Def Leppard left the stage. But they, but came they back. said something so weird. When they introed this thing, they were like, usually at this point, there'd be an all-star jam, but we've decided to do something classier. What? And then there was still an all-star jam. And like, it was wa- it really- but it wasn't. They were like, this is how this is how we get away with not inviting everyone up and only having one woman on stage. <laughs> it was like it. Because it was Def Leppard, Brian May, Rod Argent, Colin Bloomstone from the Zombies, Little Steven, Susanna Hoffs, and then surprise, Ian Hunter from Mott the Hoople. And then they did all the young dudes. Right. And just, it's like, Stevie Nicks, no. Nobody from The Cure. Roxy Music. Like, nobody yeah. from Roxy Music. Which just, is also th- weird like, because... These are genres that could have combined, but because Def Leppard was in charge of, like, being, like, because Def Leppard was, like, the core band that was still on stage. I yeah. just... Also, there's, like, a there's a saxophone in all the young dudes, and, like, Roxy Music's one of, like, the only rock bands I can think of that has, like, a prominent saxophone player. Who was there? Yeah. It just, it, to me, it was good, but like it felt, he said, we're going to do it classier and we're going to do it. <laughs> it sounds like Trump. Yeah. I, I didn't like it. It was like a way to exclude people and, and make it more bare bones. I, I wanted, you know how I feel. Well, Bring everyone everybody on stage. Get Janet. Get Janet. Everyone swaying their arms back yeah. and forth. Singing all the dudes. Like but, it doesn't. Ian Hunter, that was like a, a legit surprise. Yeah. And you know. Paul Schaefer was not there again, as far as I could tell. No. Like he did wasn't, wasn't work, involved. It wasn't involved in producing the jam and directing yeah. things. So is he you know, okay? I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Okay. But he, you know, like he, when has he not been there last year? Was he not there last? year? For the last couple of years, he, he's dialed down his involvement. But you know, he used to be the house orchestra, yeah, and no, a lot of people I mean, would. I have watched a lot of induction ceremonies now. I was like, oh, are we going to see his weird? Uh, is it his bass player? Yeah. His oh, weird Will bass Lee. player yeah. with yeah. the weird hair, like Who has little boy hair. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but he might have been the one responsible, at least, you know, for inviting everyone and sort of including more of these groups to get your more traditional jam. Yeah. I don't know, but you know, with this one, um, I don't know how to explain the the absences. I mean, what these the bands F? may be long gone by that time. You know, I don't think sometimes artists that get in early in the evening they're they're you, they're out of there. Do you think Stevie so. was gone? 
I think Stevie stuck around just because she's seems at like home she with her Chinese crusted <laughs> doing another <laughs> show. It seems like she enjoys the hall as a as a thing. Like she goes, yeah. she's, we've seen her in the audience for the induction ceremonies before, yeah. you know, and she's been involved. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Might have just been backstage, you know, and just like it's Def Leppard. But there was no tribute performances tonight. Correct. And or last night. And there so there were no like that was the only surprise guest. Oh, and Don, oh, Don Henley. Henley. Don Henley and Ian Hunter. And I wonder if like I because I bet if Def Leppard had their way. I mean, Brian May was a good inductor. But like I, I think in the press, they mentioned Ian Hunter as someone they they would have have loved to induct. But he's oh. not, like famous, you know. So, like, to get him involved. And I don't know about Mata Hoople's chances of getting inducted eventually. I would say they're pretty slim. So it's like kind of letting we him have a moment. We thought that there was going to be We Will Rock You. That was the song. When Brian May came out, we thought maybe they'll play Just We Will Rock You. Just hearing his guitar. Yeah. yeah. But I thought All the Young Dudes was a, was a fun choice. Yeah, it choice. was cool. I enjoyed it. Unexpected and uh, a fun way to cap an eventful and exciting evening at the rock and roll oh Hall of my Fame. gosh do you have any stray thoughts neil boy uh no i think i think overall it was a great night i think you know it was maybe you know a janet and a radiohead performance shy from being like I a mean, really like gosh. all-time episode you know all-time uh episode. ceremony <laughs> episode i know here we go. Um, yeah for sure i mean i mean there were been... the highlights for me were really the cures performance was outstanding and yes. stevie nicks too i think they just really sort of energized the the whole place which mm-hmm. you know often doesn't translate on hbo but like when you're actually there it's it really kind of you this is why we come to these things yeah, right totally. you know it, it's it, it can be a, an incredible moment oh you know what i thought was really funny was just how many people didn't know what was going i forget how i'm just how i'm in so deep in it that like when the woman next to me was like oh who's that the bangles Oh, like, you know, like, like when Susanna like, Hoffs um, came out. This has been announced. <laughs> yeah. I literally was like, oh, people really don't know. They came to see their one, one band, band and then yeah, everything else is just a surprise. To see, a lot of people go to see one band, which makes sense. There's not but a lot it's of people, like yeah. the weirdest festival with no theme, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like usually it's different. It's like similar types of music and you can enjoy it all, right. all day. Yeah. Like you go to a festival. <laughs> this is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think that just about does it. Well, like where does thorough... this rank on your like where do you like how do you feel that this um uh induction ceremony like ranks for you as far as where like ones i've been to yeah ones you've been to and like ones you've watched like where where do you put it 20, 2014 is probably still my my favorite one just i think the nirvana thing really put that one yeah. over the top and and then 2012 had a lot of also really great moments um two that i i mean it's it's in there i don't know it where i Okay, you'll Looking need some more perspective. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You'll We're have to watch to see what makes it to I air. Mean, it, it can't be uh, said enough. This was one of the more music-heavy. That was pre- really uh, great ceremonies. Yeah, like, more no, songs played. You know that I, I can think of any. That other. is a welcome change if they yeah. can they can keep that up. And I hope HBO doesn't cut too much. I mean, I suspect they'll cut at least at least a song one or, or two, two from yeah. each. But, yeah. 
It's interesting to and it also feels super obvious which ones. <laughs> yes. Well, and when I was coming into this, I was like, "Oh my god, five hours! Like, I am not going mm-hmm. to be able to survive this." But because there were more more musical performances, I was like, "Oh, you could get through it." It didn't feel um, over long. By the end, I mean it was done, but I wasn't like. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, there's a world where you had to sit through 45 minutes of every member of the Cure speak, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> Plus, if it's like 10 people, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a great concert, great time. Uh, and it will be on uh, HBO on Induct April more women. 27th. That's what I want next year. All-female class. Yeah, you and Stevie and Janet uh, are on the same page there. Yeah, on most things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, a- anything else? I think that just about does it. Yeah. Great. Does this end ceremony season? Ooh. You know, I, uh, is I it going to go through to, <laughs> to I think it might go through the broadcast? Until the broadcast. Uh, we God. have some things planned. <laughs> if, if, if everything goes according to plan. <laughs> uh, I think we'll have some fun and interesting episodes uh, coming up soon. So watch out for that. And if not, we have two uh, secret canned episodes. <laughs> that, <laughs> that One are. should not see the light of day, but it might be funny if it did. Uh, Neil, we can, people can of course follow you at future rock legends, L G N D S, right? Yes. And the website is future rock legends.com. Yes. Uh, Neil, do you have any more merch? This future rock legends shirt that you're wearing? Did you, uh, do you have more? Are they sitting in a garage somewhere? What's going on? This is no, I don't have any more. I think I gave my last one to, uh, Eric last year in Cleveland, uh, who writes the Erocracy blog. Okay, sure. Um, so if you want more, email me, contact me, something like that. And maybe we can do another if you find run. One, yeah. I <laughs> don't do a run just for me, but like, if you found one, I just think it would be great to give to Joe someday. <laughs> uh, yeah. A- anything else you'd like to plug Neil? No, I, I just want to say, you know, um, it's been a real, like, pleasure hearing this podcast um for the last year plus you guys are awesome and um you know i I want to speak for sort of like the the greater like rock hall community that's sort of been built up around this thing that uh it's it's really great sort of having hearing a voice to it in a way it's not just sort of twitter or websites and things Mm -hmm. like that but um i know there's there's a lot of we're all sort of doing this thing and it's sort of a weird obsession and uh so to kind of and bring another one into the community. And it imagine feels great, if you so. weren't yeah. obsessed. Like, <laughs> well, thank you, Neil. That's very nice. Uh, and, and, and we love doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's really kind. And we can't thank you enough for really? the work that you do that allows our podcast to exist yeah, on You're some the level. rock upon which this Rock Hall podcast was built. <laughs> yeah. Very well said. Uh, Kristen, you got anything you want to... Oh, I don't know. You at know, K-Stud yeah, at Kstud across all platforms. Hello, Kristen dot com. Great. Uh, uh, I'm at Joe K Joe K on Twitter. Jokewasall dot com. Uh, we want to thank. When is this coming out? This will come out uh, later today. I'm going to put it out immediately. Oh, okay. Well, Joe and I are going to do a show on Sunday night. If you're oh, in New York, yeah, yeah come to our show. If you're in New York, show. come to the pit uh, 10 p.m. Yeah. Just if you go to our things you'll see it yeah. we'll post about it it's around um and uh it, rock hall pod at gmail.com if you want to email us we like that at rock hall pod on twitter uh we did a recap on twitter so check that out um review us on itunes five stars only uh if you are giving us a review because of this episode mention um wow uh goths versus jocks yeah goths versus jocks yeah throw That's that in good. throw that in the review so we know it was this episode 
Um, we want to thank Yusu Kim for the music. We want to thank Mike Lloyd for the logo. Um, we want to thank Tommy McNamara and Tom Takar for the space and the equipment and allowing us to do our weird podcast in their home. <laughs> uh, we appreciate that. Uh, you got anything else? No. All right. Uh, thank well, you. Thank you, New York City. Yeah, we want to thank the <laughs> we want to thank the city of New York, who was kind of like a character, was kind of like the fourth guest. <laughs> The fourth chair of this podcast, I like to think, was New York City. Yeah, you know, can Great. I just let us know if you could feel the difference <laughs> in today's episode. I'm Joe Kuzala. I'm Chris Stutter. And who cares? About the Rock Hall. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.